broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's CW. Thank you for checking out the Midtown Business Radio Show. On this week's episode, I got to sit down with longtime acquaintance Carrie Domino and her colleague Brett Davis from P. Marshall & Associates. They're an engineering firm that got its start by focusing heavily in the telecommunication space. But as the relationships with their clients grew and their clients came to know them as experts in the engineering work they were doing for them, they kept asking them, can you help me with this? Can you help us with that? And so now the company has actually expanded to be a full range engineering firm that can help you with the host of needs that a enterprise would have, whether it's mechanical, electrical, you name it, they can actually provide a high level of expertise for that particular issue you're facing. With their many years of experience in the telecommunications sector, as well as a reputation for being extremely innovative and creative in their approach to tackling engineering issues, particularly around distributed antenna systems and other communication technologies. They're certainly poised to be a great partner for municipalities as well as new construction and existing building owners who are looking to elevate the level of communications technology integrated into their particular environments. Coming up, Brett and Carrie talk about the breadth of engineering services available at P. Marshall & Associates, a little about their company culture that is so important to them, as well as some of the things they're looking for in the folks who come to join their team. Check it out. The focus really started a few years years ago, seven, eight years ago, just to work with wireless service providers that needed us to do some engineering for their macro cell towers. And we continued to grow from there. And we found ourselves this intersection of creative solutions, of engineering, of technology, of our customers continuing to ask us to try out some stuff that they didn't know how to do. And so we went to uh, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, structural and radio frequency engineering. We cover the gamut when it comes to to most types of engineering. Our company culture is definitely our number one strength, our number one requirement. Everyone needs to understand the culture, live the culture. My brother started this company and customer service is number one. And that not only applies to our clients, but to our employees, having fun and making sure everybody's happy and catering luncheon every day and having great company outings. And I don't know, the list goes on and on. That's right. It's a good time every day. We're looking for people that can think outside the box, people that can live by one of our biggest cultures, which is freedom and responsibility. We give that to everybody and people that, for lack of a better term, will pick up the trash, see something that's wrong or see something that's going sideways and do something about it and not just sit back. Stick around for the full interview with Carrie Domino and Brett Davis coming up next. And thank you for joining us here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. It's C.W. Hall, your host. And I was recently on LinkedIn as I spend some time there every once in a while. And I was recommended that I link up with Carrie Domino, someone that I might know. And in fact, we've known you for numerous years now. Our daughters actually went to preschool together. That would be 12 years then. Yeah, a long, long time ago. And I noticed in your profile that you were with a company now that I didn't recognize at the time right. we when I met you, you were with Paideia School, right. doing accounting type work with them in finance. And uh, I noticed that you were with P. Marshall and Associates. And so I said, hey, what's the what's the story of P. Marshall and Associates? And it turns out you have a little bit of family background there with the company. So talk a little bit about this cool That's engineering right. firm we're going to be talking about today. That's right. About five years ago, my older brother called me up and said, hey, listen, I know we said we'd never work together or that you wouldn't work for me. That might be you know, a little strange, but I really need you. So uh, why don't you make the change and, and come over here? And he let me think about it for a couple of weeks. And two weeks came up and I called him back to politely decline. Hey, listen, I love you. You're my brother and all, but working together, I'm not sure. And he proceeded to talk me into leaving my job and coming to work for him. And 
It was, it's been an awesome experience for the last five years. For folks who aren't familiar with P. Marshall and Associates, I mean, what's the, the space? Because I know it's engineering. And from what I understand, as I've gotten to talk to you all a little bit about the company, that it's focused heavily in the early going in the telecommunications area. That's right. We are a multidisciplined engineering firm, as well as there's many other services that we offer. And I am going to defer to my coworker, Brett Davis, to talk a little bit more about that. Director of Wireless Initiatives. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, the focus really started a few years ago, seven, eight years ago, just to work with wireless service providers that needed us to do some engineering for their macro cell towers. And we continued to grow from there. And we found ourselves at this intersection of creative solutions, of engineering, of technology, of our customers continuing to ask us to try out some stuff that they didn't know how to do. And so we went to uh, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, structural and radio frequency engineering. We cover the gamut when it comes to, to most types of engineering. And it really, irrespective of the industry that we're talking about now, you're, you've branched out beyond telecom and you're, you're actually able to provide that sort of service for anybody who needs it in construction, wherever the case may be. That's right. Uh, architects uh, will, will call on us for drawings. We're doing all kinds of work from malls to big box retailers to arenas. restaurants. Arenas. arenas. Yeah, we just a very large deployment for um, for an arena in Houston, and it is one of the carrier's largest distributed antenna systems in the in North America. So they asked us to do all of the design work for the mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and fire suppression, as well as the structural, and and it's been a whole lot of fun. That's I think it started off as what a nine thousand square foot space that we have designed and built out into a pretty schnazzy <laughs> techno oh, yeah, central. It's, it's huge, for sure. <laughs> and when you talk about distributing antenna systems, what are we talking about there? Well, we're, we're talking about people being able to walk indoors and use their mobile phones for, for voice calls or for data. So they want to be able to snap pictures while they're in that arena. They want to be able to put things on Facebook and they want to be able to talk to their mom and find out what needs to be brought home to the wife for dinner. <laughs> so, so you got to stay connected, and and that's what we're we're about doing is helping people stay connected. And so, this is moving past the large towers that you see occasionally around the community into some that you may or may not be able to notice deployed within the structure. That's right. Yeah, it's like taking a building and turning it into a massive macro cell tower. So, as you're doing your typical business, you can't walk in and miss your call from an important client. You can't miss that email that's supposed to be coming in for this next project that you're working on that's due this afternoon. And we help people stay connected while they're indoors by literally putting in antennas and an infrastructure and designing this with radio frequency in mind based on what the wireless service providers will accept. And that way people are able to use their phones in hospitals and 39-story buildings and you name it. Now, is this kind of technology something obviously going into new construction that I can see certainly implementing that into the plans and being able to integrate that into the structure very elegantly? How does that flow with we're in a large property here in, in the Atlantic Station area? So you could actually come into a building like this, even it's already built out and everything's all finished, but you could begin to integrate similar systems into a place like this as well? That's correct. And in other parts of the country, in New York and in Chicago, in Los Angeles and Miami, because of some of the regulations that the authority having jurisdiction would impose, require people to begin thinking about this very early on in the process. But in places like Atlanta, we haven't had those kinds of pressures 
from the government to say, hey, you've got to make sure that our our fire and police are going to be able to communicate with us, just like what happened in 9-11, which, which was part of the reason that public safety became such a big deal. So we're installing these systems after the fact, and unfortunately, it becomes this almost like a forgotten utility. It's one of those things where many people will design a building with mechanical, electrical, plumbing, just like we do, but then they forget about the fact that, hey, wait, the function of this building is just as important as the form of the building, and maybe we should make sure that the inhabitants of the building are comfortable and feel safe and and are able to go about their business as they typically would. I know that it is frustrating when you're trying to conduct business. I mean, nowadays, our mobile devices are, I would say, almost a required piece of equipment for you to be able to conduct business, particularly when you're out and about. And it's quite frequently, really, that you can be in a particular building and have very limited access. Maybe the phone works. You can get a call in and out. But in terms of, I, I know myself, I use email constantly. I use social media uh, as part of what I do, obviously. And sometimes you can't interface with those effectively within a structure. And so this will obviously turn that around and make it very possible. Well, that's right. And it's still a fairly new uh, industry. It's something that has really only been around for about 10 years. It used to be considered one of those luxury amenities in buildings. But as, as you say, now it's considered one of those must-have necessities. And when you look at the situation like you described for the 9-11 event, when that occurred, the cellular systems got overwhelmed, I guess, with everybody trying to make a call at the same time. When you start to deploy your distributed antenna systems, does that then essentially add bandwidth, if you will, that's that much more capacity or, or is it tied somewhat to those towers and how many calls one can hold Am yeah, I on the right track? That's that? a great question. Usually in places like Atlanta, we are trying to use what we call a base transceiver stations or BTSs, which are like having a macro cell tower in the basement of your building. And that takes the, uh, the capacity off of the macro towers. Okay. And so what we're doing many times is even in places where we could potentially repeat the signal from the macro cell towers outside, in certain places, we don't recommend that even if the carriers are okay with us repeating that signal because we would like to create what we call clinical grade DASs. And what that means is if a tornado comes through and knocks down a cell tower or you are having some issues with a a cell tower or everybody trying to use the same one at the same time, these base stations inside a building are like creating a whole nother network just for the people inside that building. So if there is something that happens outside and, and you're having issues out there, you have a completely different, completely different limitations on on the one indoors. And all of a sudden, you've got a massive amount of people that could literally walk right in and start making phone calls while they're inside the building. Interesting. And it gives you the same sort of protection, if you will, as when they're burying power lines and telecom lines and things like that versus having them strung up high where they're exposed to That's right. weather same events concept. and things like that. It's interesting. What other kinds of cool technologies are coming into play that you all are getting to bring out into the community? Because innovation is a, a big part part of what we do, we're constantly asking the question internally is, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And that's that's literally a question that I was asked before I was hired because one of the principals came to me and said, hey, I really like you. You'd, you'd be a great fit in our company. What do you want to do when you grow up? If you can tell me what you want to do when you grow up and we can, we can monetize that, we got a place for you. One of the things that we love to do, and we're looking for people that are innovative, people that are curious, people that are great learners, people that can be trusted, because we want to be able to walk into the room and say, hey, my client just called me up with this unique problem. What are we going to do to fix it? Right. Many times people don't think of engineers as guys that are 
are going to walk or gals that are going to walk into a room and just be abstract about all kinds of things and draw on a board and have fun with it without a whole lot of guardrails. But the reality of it is that we've mastered this way of hiring people that creates ingenuity. And it, it means that we're constantly asking the question, well, we've got these issues right now that our client is dealing with. We see where the market is going. We see where the internet of things is going. We see where engineering is going. How do we head them off of the past? So when they call us up a year from now and go, hey, we've got this new unique problem. We're already going to have a solution that we've researched. We've already tried trials on and we can offer them. So to give you an example, when you ask about some of those things that we've tried is recently we've been working with mobile LIDAR where we can ride down the road at 40 miles an hour, take 1.2 million lasers per second and survey the area. And we can go up up to 65 feet high and we can survey this area and literally come back within four centimeters, the height and the length of things. And we're able to use that data to create unique site visit components that save tons of time and we're able to help our clients with. And this is an idea we came up with. It's not something that, that people are typically doing in this industry. We just saw the technology, saw some really interesting ways of using it. And so that's what we're experimenting with now. I would imagine that prior to that technology being available, you were having to do things like use photography and written measurements that's right. from here we to still there. Do. Yeah. Does the imagery that you get from it produce basically a 3D image, if you will, that you can, or within a virtual environment that you can explore, if you will? It does. And because there are multiple cameras in the vehicle, in addition to the, to the radar, uh, to, the, to the lasers, what we're able to do is we're able to transpose those data points on with the pictures. So when you're literally manipulating the screen, you're able to do three-dimensional shots and you're able to see what you would see if you were literally standing there. So the value in this, though, instead of having to go to that site and start taking notes, you don't have to keep going back and forth. Right. You, you know how tall that steeple is. You know how tall that telephone pole is. You know the width of it. And there's a significance to that when you're talking about telecommunications and we're talking about outside plant and fiber and and all those kinds of things that we major in. I was looking at the website and and you won an award for being one of the best places to work. Clearly, you're going to be trying to attract people that, given the culture that you're talking about, that's, I don't know if playful is the correct word. It sounds like it is on some levels, but, it's, but you're able to have fun. Well, we like to have fun, don't we? Yeah. Oh, we definitely I like mean, to have I mean, it was clear when you, when you check out the P. Marshall Associates website that company culture is quite a thing and, and high energy and being able to be innovative. So Our company culture is definitely our number one strength, our yeah. number one requirement. Everyone needs to understand the culture, live the culture. My brother started this company and customer service is number one. And that not only applies to our clients, but to our employees, having fun and making sure everybody's happy and catering luncheon every day and having great company outings. And I don't know, the list goes on and on. That's right. It's a good time every day. It would seem that you're looking for a particular person to fit into your team, to be able to come and bring that high level of creative expertise and and an innovative kind of approach to what they do, not just drawings and measurements. And You are 100% right. We're looking for people that can think outside the box, people that can live by one of our biggest cultures, which is freedom and responsibility. We give that to everybody. And people that, for lack of a better term, will pick up the trash, see something that's wrong or see something that's going sideways and do something about it and not just sit back. And now you have more than one location. In the, over the past seven years, you've grown to a couple of locations. Did I see, what, 70 employees or somewhere in that neighborhood? We have 60 employees and yeah. we have a group now out in Houston, Texas. One of our big carriers wanted a more of a presence out there. So 
a few guys went out there. And since then, it's grown a little bit as well. For the folks that you're looking for your team from the engineering perspective or whatever the case may be, are you looking to the relatively recently out of their academic work? Or are you looking for people that have been out in the space for a period of time? Who are you trying to find? We currently have eight professional engineers on staff, but we're always looking for more people. We're we're looking for people that do demonstrate the ability to be able to handle freedom and responsibility. We've got, actually, I was talking, you were talking just a, a little while ago about, about the next intern that we're about to um, to interview tomorrow. Right. And, and so we are looking for a mix of people. It's a very diverse place. So the ages, race, gender, religion, it's a, a pretty unique place. And we're really looking for people that demonstrate the, the nine skills and behaviors that we find most dear inside that freedom and responsibility. We're looking for people with judgment. We're looking for people that, that can communicate. We're looking for people that are about impact, curiosity, innovation, courage, passion, honesty, and selflessness. And those are the things that we're really looking for when we're, we're talking to people. It's, um, we don't put a big ad in the paper saying, hey, come check us out. It's, it's really about relationships for us. So we start asking everybody we know, because of the trust and the courage and the, and the things that we already have uh, invested in the relationships with the partners, with our clients, with those that are on our team. To answer your question, whether they're fresh out of school or have 20 years experience, it doesn't matter. As long um, as they can fit into that exactly. kind of space. Right. Clearly, it's having an, an impact because we talked about the fact before we went on the air that really that the company doesn't really do much in the way of advertising, doesn't have much in the way of a sales force of trying to introduce people to what you do. You've been growing to this point with people saying, hey, you need to know these folks because they can actually help you with the problem you're dealing with. Well, that's right. It, it, for us, it's, it's about frontline marketing where every person in the company is expected to have a great time doing what they do. And we know that that's going to lead to them telling people about us. So really, uh, frontline marketing is, is how we've grown. We, people find that we do a great job and we do it for a fair price. And what happens is they meet our people and they realize these guys are in love with what they do. They're really having a great time because, as you may already know, we've won in the last seven years. We've won six times in Atlanta, the uh, best places to work for our category. Yeah. And, you know, when you start getting up there to 60 plus people, it's harder to keep right. everybody happy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because so, the diversity of personalities really continues to grow at that point. And to be able to sustain the the culture as you've had it. I've worked in plenty of places and you mentioned that you have a family member who's worked in an environment where it's a little little bit more serious, if you want to call it that, and and harder to be able to relax and enjoy your, your coworkers, maybe share a laugh periodically, and just enjoy being in, at work where what we're talking about, just describe the, the typical day at the office. Well, now that Christmas is approaching, several hoverboards have been delivered <laughs> to the office. So let's just say that the owner and a few other people I might be included in this have been riding around the office <laughs> asking employees if they want to learn how to ride the hoverboards. That being said, the owner ordered three hoverboards. We're afraid they weren't going to come here in time. So he ordered three more and he's thinking about keeping the three here for work for anyone who wants to use them at any given time. So yesterday, actually, the owner himself got scolded for syncing his phone to his hoverboard and playing loud music while another, our chief evangelist, Greg, was in his office trying to have a serious meeting, <laughs> had to come out and say, do you mind? <laughs> He's hoverboarding with music blasting. That's not a typical day, but it's not 
unlikely that you could walk in at any given any given day and see something like that going on. We did have a scooter that people were using. Well, the scooter was my gift to the owner when we moved into our big space. We grew so big. We went from 7,000 to 17,000 square feet. So I bought him the scooter (laughs) thinking, you know, you need this to get around the office now. is this a motorized scooter? It's almost like a Segway, but yeah, it's a motorized scooter. It's fun. It is And all the employees use it. Yeah, the scooter with the handle on it. It's basically a skateboard with a handle and a motor. Yes, yes. I want to come to work there. (laughs) Most people that come to our office any given day say, how do I get a job here? Yeah. Like, well, and it's it, it's common to to show up at 630 in the morning and see see Steve and Shia already at their their computers already working. And, right. And they're getting things done. And, and you and a few people going on a run across right. the street of the Beltway for a while. And then they come back and we have showers at the office and got, got workout facilities. And by mid morning, most uh, most people have finally gotten into work. And, and the next <laughs> thing we know, somebody has some crazy idea and they run around going, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And next thing you know, people are coming out and gathering into one We of gather our... in the hallways yeah. and talk about, you know, right. I, wait, I heard what's going on. What are you guys talking about? And it's like a powwow in the, yeah. in the middle of our office space. Oh, and there's lots of laughter and smiles. And so Definitely. By, that, by that time, we're, we're, we we spill into a conference room, start drawing on the whiteboard. And, the next and it's time for lunch. Have, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and right. it's time for catered so, lunch. <laughs> so Azalea, Azalea gets on the phone. As soon as she, she hits the intercom button, everybody knows what's about to happen. So it's like the Pavlovian uh, race, dog experiment. Race to the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> it's Everybody's Boston Market Run. That's right. So we head down to the cafe and and have our, our catered lunch each day. And, and at that point, we're because people are are hanging out together, they're laughing together, they're eating together. There's no time to argue. There's no time to be upset with with somebody because we encourage people to sit in the cafe and eat instead of taking food back to their desk. And so it it encourages unity. It encourages a lot of really good things to happen, whether we're talking about business or not. It makes us a stronger team. And of course, if those that didn't show up for the impromptu meeting before lunch haven't been involved yet in, in their own impromptu meeting, they're they're probably gonna ha- something's gonna happen after lunch that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna gather get some more people gathered and and then a few of us are out of there by three thirty or four like me to to head up back up to Gainesville. I've been talking with Brett Davis and Carrie Domino of P Marshall and Associates, an engineering firm here in the Atlanta area. Started out in the telecommunication space and certainly have, uh, as we've been talking about, some clear expertise in that arena, but also have the capability of being able to help any kind of construction organization or a building project, whatever the case may be, where you need some engineering expertise across the whole range of specialties within that space. They have somebody that can help you. And along with that, based on what we're talking about here, you'll be interfacing with some people that are very into their work and very much about being pleasant and enjoying the process as well. So clearly a cool company to know about. You talked about people coming up with great ideas. I mean, how has that happened for you from the creative perspective? Is that born out of a, we're working on a particular project for somebody and it sparked a thought of maybe, I mean, what sorts of problems are you are you trying to, to tackle typically when someone comes up with one of those, oh my gosh, we got to have a meeting in the hallway. We got this great idea. The meetings in the hallways are going to happen whether somebody has a ridiculous idea or a great one. <laughs> just going to. It's part of who we are. We just, we love connecting and laughing and, and smiling. It's a good place to do that. But usually there's some context, there's a unique problem. And, and we call ourselves an engineering firm, but the reality of it is that we're truly a, a customer service firm. So we're always asking the question, and this is, this is where we encourage our team to be asking the question, what else are they going to need next? What can we do to provide this 
before they even realize that they need it. And it's a, not so much a matter for increasing revenue. It's a matter of being able to solve problems. It's a matter of being able to come up with it. And quite honestly, we have so much fun coming up with new things. We have time built into our schedules where we're encouraged to have margin, where we're able to think and we're able to dream and we're encouraged to do that. So instead of walking in and checking a box and, and doing whatever you're told to do, uh, there are those kinds of tasks that have to be done when drawings have to be accomplished. Well, that's, that's going to happen when we have 500 cell towers to go and check for structural integrity. Well, that's very specific. But the reality of it is that what we're constantly doing is we're asking, what more can we do that we love? And it's, that's really what, what Pat, our, our CEO, is encouraging us to do is, hey, do what you love. Do what you do what is fun for you. And for him, our company's success is really going to come down to, do people love to work here? It really is. I asked him one day, I said, hey, uh, how are we supposed to be uh, measuring some of these metrics and key, these key performance indicators? And I'm trying to get into the analysis and how do, we, how do we make sure that we're profit margins are right and this and that. And he just looks at me and he goes, are you successful? And I go, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, do you love to work here? And I just looked at him dumbfounded and kind of confused. And he, he kind of dumbed it down to my level. He says, Brett, if people love to come into work and they love what they do, we're success. And I, I it, it, yeah. <laughs> mind is no, blown. I think, I think that's very true. And something we were chatting about before we got started today was the concept of a smart city. And I know that is a focus for the city of Atlanta. They, I know in the news recently, they had a very strong chance. It didn't end up coming to pass, but they were definitely in serious running to have a company like GE relocate some corporate headquarters to the city. And obviously, they're very much courting the companies like them and Porsche and, and various organizations like that, many of which are internationally known enterprises. So becoming a smart city is obviously a focus. Can you talk a little bit about what that might mean for a city and where do you fit into that? There are a lot of different pieces to a smart city having cars drive themselves to having information travel from one place to another based on traffic patterns and, and being able to control and manipulate things. But for us, it means making sure from our outside plants perspective, we want to make sure that people are able to use their, their cell phones wherever they are. So when it comes to small cells and putting out everything from disguised antennas on light posts and stop signs and even disguising them on buildings so that people are able to stay connected to something so simple as being able to help with our, we have a massive fiber database that's not only in Atlanta, but all across the country. And so we're able to consolidate and help people with what we might call um, IT hotels and telecommunications world. We're thinking BTS hotels where wireless service providers are able to put a bunch of equipment in one building and fiber it out to a whole bunch of other buildings. And that, that way people are able to communicate indoors. So those are just some of the, the, the ways that doing that. Building smart buildings also comes down to things like efficiencies and energy. And, and we do energy audits and we do we help people with their mechanical services. And so helping them with those smart buildings would be a part of what we're up to as well. But I can tell you when it comes to the really big picture and you're talking about everything that goes on in a smart city, it's going to take 
quite a few different disciplines coming together going, how do we focus on both infrastructure, radio frequency, comfort, efficiency, and, and cost? They're going to be a big factor here. So I guess based on what you've been saying is some of what you're able to do is actually have a hand in designing the tower or the, the antennas, if you will, as to what they look like so that they could be integrated into existing structures, whether you talked about signage or, or light posts or whatever the case may be. You can actually design it. So it's there and functions great, but doesn't really stand out. That's right. It should be something that's very difficult to find. What we like to do is we like to camouflage those so that people have no idea why. They just know that they've got great signal. And, <laughs> and quite honestly, what's happening is the wireless service providers are being inundated with this. They just can't keep up with the demand. And they don't have the funds. Some of them are being bought up by other companies and they're investing in other companies. And it's coming down to the enterprise customer to provide their own. If you have a, a campus environment and you've got a, an outdoor pavilion or you've got a, a campus that you'd like to stay wired, well, it's an investment that you would have to make yourself, not just for your visitors and your employees, but for um, the safety of everyone around. I, I think it's really exciting and to learn more about some of the technologies that are already here. I mean, I, I really wasn't all that aware of the availability of being able to basically light up my my building, my high rise uh, or, or arena space, whatever the case may be, to actually make it that much more effective with regards to transmitting data. I mean, obviously, those types of places are going to be ones that are using a lot of, or at least people within there are going to be you know, sending a lot of data, heavy pieces of information, whether it's video, photos, whatever the case may be. So to be able to empower that is pretty exciting. Yeah, I was in a hospital in Atlanta two years ago, and my grandfather was in very serious condition. And I was waiting in his room with him, and my my parents and my father's siblings went down to go grab something to eat. And they said, hey, call us if something happens. Well, my cell phone provider was not on the distributed antenna system. There was only one cell phone provider that was participating in the system. And so when all of a sudden he flatlined and the doctors start coming in and the, the alarms start going off, I can't get in touch with my family. It's not only a big deal in hospitals, but it's a big deal in malls. It's a big deal anywhere that people are going to congregate. So we're seeing a lot of hospitals and universities invest in their own because they want people to stay connected. Are there any other cool projects coming up or, or technologies that you're going to be working on that we need to throw out there before I get you back to your office? We are doing some things right now with drones and macro cell towers, just in, in terms of, of reviewing the stability of them, making sure that we're checking on them to to see how well they're they're holding up against the elements. And that's something that we have, we're in the middle of researching right now. And of course, the mobile LIDAR, as well as, I don't know, there, there are several things internally that are, that are going on a think tank that aren't quite ready for, for on air. <laughs> yes, top secret. What he said. Top, what he said, what he said. Carrie, tell folks where they can go to get information about P. Marshall and Associates. Check out our website at www.pmass.com. If you're checking out the podcast, you've not done so already, make sure you go to the upper left-hand corner of the show page. There's an Apple logo there. It'll take you to the iTunes Midtown Business Radio Show podcast page. You can subscribe to us. Make sure you do that so that the current episode gets downloaded straight to your device. It's ready for your drive to work or walking the dog, whatever the case may be. And we hope you turn around and share this. You might actually introduce somebody that you care about to technology that might just be what their business or enterprise was needing to uh, solve a particular problem. So we hope you turn around and tell folks about what we were talking about today and Carrie and Brett, we really appreciate you making some time to come down and join us in the studio. It's been great learning about PM&A. It's, it's really cool. Thank Thanks you for again. having us. And everybody out there, we'll see you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 